Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Smart Mark Show, brought to you by Take the Studios. I'm Spencer. I'm Glenn. And on today's episode, we're going to gush over professional wrestling. We've had such a great week, and it'll end basically on a two-week span with uh, the Super Showdown, which happens this Friday in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and that'll be more of sports entertainment. However, there's so many interesting matchups that that'll be enjoyable as well um you know it's morally complicated to be enjoyable but we won't get into saudi politics yet um but we're gonna bury the lead and we're gonna start with what this podcast is really all about and that's aew's double or nothing versus nxt's takeover 25 um we went through nxt takeover was like five matches all of their takeovers are like five six matches i think i've seen it reach seven maybe once and that was uh someone's debut that was like a quick match beating up cassius ono or something i'm sure um but yeah five solid matches so i went through and glenn went through and we found what matches we believe match up god pun intended um uh with uh, with the five matches nxt has right so we're going to start with both shows opening matches because AEW had a very convoluted Royal Rumble ripoff, the the, the buy-in, neat name, uh, interesting concept, hard to keep track of. Um, it's and it's just full of a bunch of guys we didn't know. We knew Billy Gunn who just went in there to get his ass kicked. Um, we knew Sean Spears who just got in there to do a poking contest. One of the best professional wrestlers in the country poking somebody um the i'm not usually a jim Cornette guy but if you haven't listened to it go go on youtube you can find it there for free and uh listen to his review of double or nothing and just listen he has a lot of stuff that he doesn't like that i like and most professional wrestling fans today uh like now as much as people would like to you know say sports entertainment's not professional wrestling when you do too many high spots and you can't sell which is a lot of AEW's talent and some of NXT's talent that's sports entertainment that's not professional wrestling but um the he his review of the buy-in is great yeah I'm not gonna go in quite the uh quite into his style I'm not gonna go in that detail because he spends like he spends longer explaining the buy-in than the buy-in actually took and uh, I don't want to make fun of a guy with no legs. So, MJF was great when he started stomping him and called him Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. That was great. But anyway, yeah, the buy-in. I matched that up with Matt Riddle and Roderick Strong because that was their opening match. And in this process, we're going to choose which match we thought was better. It's just our opinions. Um, all of AEW Double or Nothing was very entertaining. They had a great story, probably the best storyline in wrestling this year. And I think it may be most people's match of the year. So they had great stuff. They had a great debut by Johnny Moxley slash Dean Ambrose. A really neat match and surprising match for the finish of the of the pay-per-view with Jericho going over on Kenny Omega. So double or nothing, I'm not taking anything away from them. And NXT TakeOver, if I like anything from AEW over NXT, believe me, these, these two were matched up so well. Uh, the only negative I can bring to AEW is too many multi-man matches from people we just don't know. And by the time they get to TV, we won't remember them. Yep. 
um, and a fifty dollar pay per view. Um, but I mean, for they sold a hundred thousand pay per view buys. Yeah. Um, it's that's the the low estimate. It goes from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand on the on the estimation scale because of course it's it's on demand. Yeah. And when people heard, oh man, this is an amazing pay per view, I'm sure they went and bought it later. That number's probably smaller than the people that saw it live. But if it's two hundred thousand, um, that's incredible because that times fifty, I think, is ten million dollars. Yeah. $10 million, and I'm pretty sure their deal with Bleacher Report, since it was Bleacher Report's first pay-per-view streaming, like that's going to set up their streaming platform. That was their first test, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do it every time for AEW. I don't think they had a streaming fee. I think it was like pro bono. Hey, you'll get our highest profile event we may ever have, and you guys get that testing. Yep. There's a lot of issues with buying it, but people were all in on buying this pay-per-view regardless of the issues. Oh, yeah. And I love Bleacher Report. That's where I get a lot of my football news. So, yeah. So I'm glad they can get the streaming service up and off the ground. And anything that pulls people away from Fight TV, I'm all for it. Yep. So, talked about the buy-in. Uh, what did you think of the buy-in? I, I agree with you. The There was... Too much going on. It was a very unorganized Royal Rumble match. Um, and a lot of guys we don't know. Exactly. And it's not, you know, not taken away from AEW. It could have been done a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, if they really wanted to get a buy-in, I would have thrown in more better-known. Well, there was like, like Ty Dillinger. The perfect 10, Sean Spears, whatever you want to call him, who was the best in NXT. He's the reason why, for a long time, when they brought in a new wrestler from the Indies, and even if they're a high profile from the Indies, they put them against Ty Dillinger because he could adapt to any style. He's yep. not signed to AEW. Nope. He's not signed to them. So the fact that they didn't just get a bunch of guys, Solomon Crow from NXT, everyone knows he was underutilized and he's an indie badass, um, You know, bring him in. Uh, you have tons of guys that have left WWE slash NXT that you could use yep. just in this Royal Rumble type match just to get people interested because I believe this was on YouTube for free. Yep. And honestly, if I had seen more guys that I recognized, I may have just showed out the money for the pay-per-view. Um, of course, I watched it on YouTube, and I'm usually really against that. I watched the highlight version, the six-second clips, and all that kind of stuff. I am going to buy it once it hits DVD. I know that for yeah. a fact. I'm going to buy it. Um, but the buy-in was just a bunch of guys I don't know. Uh, I pulled one thing away from it. MJF is a great heel. Oh, yeah. Oh, he can get the heat. Yeah. I, I pulled that away from it, and, you know, honestly, I went back and I looked on YouTube for some of his stuff, and he is a great heel. He's a great promo guy. NXT missed the boat on that one. Yep. Um, but Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. Ooh. The king of the backbreaker versus the original bro, the only guy in WWE that I think could beat Brock Lesnar, even though he's so much smaller. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle has been on fire since his debut, and everyone sees the debut of big indie guys in the crowd. And Matt Riddle doesn't have a long career in the in, in professional wrestling. Of course, he did a lot of stuff in MMA. He uses that background for, for his NXT slash WWE run. He calls out Brock Lesnar every time he has the chance. Um, he actually said he would spoil Brock Lesnar's cash-in. He's like, you show up to cash-in, I'm going to ruin your night. 
I would, I, you know what? I, it would be worth the ticket to see something like that happen. When he gets called up, he needs to instantly go into the main event scene, and I would have him beat Brock Lesnar. If I'm paying Brock Lesnar to hang around, he's going to have to start putting guys over. Yeah. Because he's such a beast and they booked him so perfectly, at this point, yeah, him putting people over, him putting Seth over, um, it really does help. If their match was better and it wasn't as quick and on the card first, I would feel better about it because I think someone could use that in a promo easily saying, you only beat Brock because he just wanted out of there and he wanted to go back to UFC. And when he decided he didn't want to go back to UFC, he started caring again. And that'd be my promo, but that would bury Seth Rollins and that's not right. Um, I don't like people burying a champion, especially when you're hyping up a fight. You shouldn't bury anybody. Exactly. You should tell everyone why they're so great, but why you don't think they're so great. Something like that. So, which match do we think is better as an opener? The buy-in, which was is an entertaining Royal Rumble match, even if it doesn't have a lot of guys. Or Matt Riddle versus Roger Strong, a one-on-one tech fest. I'm going to have to go with Matt Riddle and Roger Strong. This match was... From bell to bell, it was a good match. I didn't see a botch. Um, they worked well together. I honestly thought uh, my prediction was Roderick Strong. Yes. Um, I, I honestly thought it was going to be a clean sweep from Undisputed Era. I did too. Um, I was really. I, I actually predicted that. I was completely mm-hmm. and totally surprised that Matt Brittle came on top, but I really enjoyed this match. Um, yes. And I agree. I think. Matt Riddle coming in and taking down Lesnar uh, would be that not only beneficial for Matt Riddle, yeah. but it'd be beneficial for every other guy on the roster. And, and of course, that's if he gets to keep wrestling how he wrestles on the main roster. I do believe NXT is a third brand. I don't think of it any less of a thing. And I really think it's expanded to two hours um, just because uh, the, the way they feel. Uh, and, and to make him a third brand, two hours. Yep. Uh, if you want to get a TV deal for them, cool. If not, that's the reason I pay for the NXT network or the uh, Dota, the NXT network, uh, the WWE network. The pay per views are great. That that's cool, and I love the the quality. I love what I get for ten dollars a month. I love the rumors of what fifteen and twenty dollars a month will get us. But NXT is my main draw, like legit. Um, some months I'd probably cancel the WWE network just to save money, like for stomping grounds. I don't want that. I don't care about the pay-per-view, but whatever. NXT's where it's at. Cool. I love Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong as well. And we're going to move on to what we think matched up, and that's the Lucha Brothers. And if you listen to Jim Cornette's podcast, stop at the buy-in because he thinks Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix are white white guys. They're not. I didn't actually know the Lucha Bros was Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix because I didn't get the commentary on the version I watched. And I was like... What? If you watch Lucha Underground, you know these two are badasses, and it's great. They were teamed up against Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and this was the biggest spot fest match, the most entertaining two-on-two tag team match I may have ever seen. Um, 
Of course, it was a spot fest. There wasn't really a story. That is unfortunate that there was really only one story, maybe two, going into a pay-per-view where we didn't really know anybody. But the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks, I'm not going to say anything but an amazing match for, oddly enough, the AAA tag titles, which the Young Bucks beat the Lucha Bros for in AAA. I really figured they'd, they'd uh, lose these titles back to the Lucha Bros and they'd move on to a AEW tag team title. But whatever, maybe the first ever AEW tag team titles can be the Young Bucks versus the Rhodes family. Yeah. The Rhodes Empire. Whatever you want to call it. The Rhodes Dynasty. Um, but yeah, uh, this is an amazing match. And what do we match it up with? The ladder match with Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch versus the Street Profits versus the Forgotten Sons racist versus the Undisputed Era of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Kyle O'Reilly with his busted open back and Bobby Fish with his shoulder separation. But that was all for the NXT Tag Team titles. And two amazing matches. The latter match was brutal. Go back and watch it. The Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks was the best spot fest match I may have ever seen. Do you agree, Glenn? I, I, you know, it's hard to pick a favorite match out of these two. Oh yeah. Uh, I've gone back and watched a lot of uh, matches for the Young Bucks and a lot of matches for the Lucha Brothers, and yeah. I, I like the Lucha Brothers style. These two guys, and any any guy who can come out dressed as Wolverine, yeah, is is good in my book. I mean, Bray Mysterio's come out as the Flash and several other characters. Um, I just, it's it's entertaining to see. I love the pop culture references that these guys pull out, but the technicality of the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks is, you do not see that a lot in today's tag team division, uh, especially at the WWE, because tag teams are squashed all the time. Yes. Um, but this ladder match that they had on NXT, holy, Kyle O'Reilly's back. Oh, man. I thought Finn Balor had it bad at Money in the Bank, but it's almost like, wow, look at everything Finn Balor went through. And then Kyle Riley was like, hold my beer. Oh, I did. This was, it was chaos, but it was controlled chaos. Yes. And I've never seen, I haven't seen a ladder match this good since Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and the Dudley Boys first started the TLC matches. Uh, there was a lot of things that made sense. A lot of there was a lot less ladder setups in it, like yes. where they blatantly, oh, let me move the ladder to the side so I can do my spot. Um, there was a lot less of that than normally is in a WWE um, ladder match. Almost like, hey, you know where you're going. Can you just when you step the ladder, can you just do this? Yes. Um, because you can fall on any side of the ring. It's a square. But when you want to do this jumping off, think of that first. Um, and of course, they finish the Street Profits. I never thought they'd win the NXT titles. I mean, just three months ago, you wouldn't even have seen them on TV when they called out the War Raiders. Um, then uh, it was, that was amazing. The, the whole match was great, and Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks was great. And I, I had seen the Lucha Bros tons on Lucha Underground. It's on Netflix. I know you pay for Netflix. Go watch Lucha Underground. It's great. Uh, when you see Prince Puma, that is Ricochet. They claimed he was a Mexican. So messed up, <laughs> just because of his skin color. Um, Racist. Yeah, and that's uh, man, who is Quentin Tarantino's friend? The, the guy that uh, directed Desperado. Oh, yes. Robert it's, Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez produces Lucha Underground, which is great because they treat it differently. They treat it like a movie slash wrestling. But still, you're racist for making Ricochet the Mexican hero, Prince Puma. 
Glenn, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get down to the fact that we're not going to really explain these matches too much because they're both worth watching. Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks is my third favorite reason to buy this DVD or a special edition. God forbid they make me spend a bunch of money on a special edition when it comes out with like a little Cody Rhodes action figure or whatever. Or like an exclusive pop of Dustin Rhodes. Whatever. Um, what matches do you think was better? It's it. If you want a great technical match, I, I've got to give it to the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. If you want a a match that should have been a Money in the Bank ladder match, I, I got to go with the 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 Fatal Four Way. Which hard one to, do you ultimately choose? It's so hard. It, it really is. I'm gonna have to go with the Tag Team Champion match uh, at NXT only because watching these. Four teams worked together in the ring. Um, so different. It, it was controlled chaos. And it was uh, more use of the ladder as weapons, as as way of taking your opponent out, than, okay, we're going to spend 15 minutes of a 30-minute match just setting up ladders and knocking them over and setting them up again and knocking them over. Yeah. It wasn't like that. You had windmill spots. You had... Ladders used as battering rams. You had people being slammed off multiple ladders. Being German suplexed after the uh, helicopter so the ladder got thrown. And poor Kyle O'Reilly was laying in the wrong spot. It wasn't supposed to hit him, but it just hit him right in the back. Man, I, oh, to watch the bruise come up on his back as and fast as it did. He was cut open. He was back. He, he was hurting. He oh, yeah. was hurting something bad. Every time he got slammed after the initial one, you just saw his eyes light up and him just say, man, I really wish that this was a Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish match. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> I actually agree. I agree that NXT, a ladder match for the tag team titles, I liked just slightly better. Because they're two different style of matches, but this is all I really had to, to match up was two tag team matches. Um, yeah, the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks were great. Both these matches were great. Go watch both these matches. But I liked the NXT tag team title match a little better. And then we go on and we match up Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai versus... You know, those are the those are the two. But we match that up with the Britt Baker, Kylie Ray, Ni uh, Nyla Rose, and Awesome Kong Fatal 4-Way. Um, the Fatal 4-Way had its flaws. Kylie Ray, who looks up to Bailey, obviously is like a B-minus version of Bailey. Um, uh, Britt Baker's great. She's a star. You could tell she's a star. Nyla Rose is a force, even if they didn't really make her as much of, of a force in this match as she should have been. Awesome Kong should have been a way bigger part of this match than she was. Um, with the NXT women match, and it wasn't for a title or anything, they don't have a women's title, which is weird. I would have debuted or said this is a number one contendership for a women's title and Whatever, I, I really wish they treated the women differently. Uh, I knew that the women were going to be a certain way, an Attitude Era, Diva-esque way, when the first time I got to see these women was a pool photo shoot yeah. at the Rhodes house yeah. with Brandy Rhodes. And I was like, yep, this is, uh, they're going to have a few wrestlers sprinkled in there like the Attitude Era did, but all right, they're supposed to be models wrestling. All right. I, I don't respect that. I don't like that. That is the one big flaw I will find in AEW is how they're treating their women. Yep. 
Um, and this match kind of represented that. Of course, Britt Baker went over on Kylie Ray. I really wish as a heel she would have snuck in and stole a win from Awesome Kong or Nyla Rose. That's not what happened. They got thrown out of the ring and they Roman Reigns did. They they napped on the outside. Uh, but this is the only match I really had to stack up against Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai because the other women's match was the you know six man tag match three on three. Shayna Baszler Baszler versus Io Shirai was so competitive yeah. and so great, we didn't know who was going to win. No. And towards the end of the match, Io Shirai had hit all of her big moves, and you're like, Shayna's going to get you. Shayna's going to kill you. Don't make a mistake. Don't let her get behind you. She's going to choke you out. She's going to choke you out. And she kept keeping her in front of her. She kept keeping Shayna Baszler in front of her, and she knew exactly how to counter that choke until she didn't. Until she made one mistake, and that's all it took for Shayna Baszler. Baszler is like a brutal, mean, ground-and-pound version of Randy Orton. You never know when she's going to get that locked in, and they've protected that move so great. And they don't do that for many wrestlers. No. Uh, I, I hope that once she does come up to the main roster, if she does go up to the main roster, that um, they continue to protect it, and they don't bury her like they did Oscar. I, I, I wouldn't bring her up until, you know, Ronda Rousey and her personal life is, is settled and she's ready to come back, even if she's only ready to come back to, to stay around for six months to put over Shayna Baszler in the four horsewomen of mm. UFC. Um, this one wasn't hard for me. Nope. Unfortunately, I really wanted to, like, to fit a four-way in... in um, in AEW, because even if Kylie Ray is a B version of Bailey, I love a a version of Bailey, and I love Kylie Ray. She botches a lot more than yep. she should, but um, I like her on a, on a personal level, and I like her as a wrestler. And Britt Baker is is similar. I really love her gimmick. Awesome Kong is amazing. She's an amazing actress and amazing wrestler. I I don't like that she was not given a chance here. I really hope she gets a championship run. Um, if she, you know, stays around a lot. Her new shirt's cool. Um, but I'm choosing Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai. Yep, I have to agree. And I was excited to see Awesome Kong back in in-ring in competition. Uh, Glow Season 3 is fixing to drop here pretty soon. And she's one of the best. And she's there. one of the best. The best episode so far... In our opinions, is oh, yeah. the awesome the 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 where she's featured in, in season two. It was just an amazing episode. It was her episode about her and her son, and she brings oh. him down because he doesn't even know she's wrestling, and then he has to see her as the welfare queen, and and you think he's embarrassed from it, and and then it, I mean it's just beautiful. Go it's, watch that episode. You've got Netflix. We already established that on Lucha Underground. That's right. With that being said, what pisses me off is. And in, in, WWE is guilty for doing this, too. Yes. They take too many wrestlers and put them in a match, and then they set outside the ring, and then somebody who is um, undeserving or the wrong person, in my opinion, gets put over, and it, it just causes the match to fall to pieces. You don't want to take your power players out of a match like this. Awesome Kong and Nyla Rose should have been dominant forces in this match. Yes. It, it, I, I get it you wanted to put Britt Baker over and that's fine. You know, okay. Have her go against Awesome Kong. Show that David and Goliath battle. 
don't just have Awesome Kong and Nyla Rose outside of the ring not doing anything. Yeah. You got to put them in there, just like with the the women at the WWE. Uh, how many times do we see people like Natalia or Carmella outside of the ring for ninety percent of the match? They come in and then steal the show. Yeah. Why? What does that do? It it, it hurts them character wise, mm-hmm. and the fans are they check out of the match. And and the like we got perfect examples of of women wrestling uh, this week on Raw and SmackDown and SmackDown especially because they had a number one contendership triple threat match Charlotte versus Carmella versus Alexa Bliss three former champions um, two of which were former Money in the Bank winners and it was very surprising it was very competitive and of course Alexa Bliss went over she got to beat them she's a number one contender for Bailey's title even though she's a Raw superstar which that the roster thing is really confusing as if it moves Alexa to SmackDown. Down, I would like that, um, but it's it's really confusing. But the matches are great, um, and none of them are posing in bikinis. Your yeah. top wrestlers aren't on that reality show. That reality show is to help keep some people relevant. Yep, and to to make sure the older female diva era girls have something to do, like the you know Natalia's and. And um, you saw the Bellas. Yeah. You saw Paige for like a season or two just to screw with Natalia. Anyway, the women's wrestlers are their handle better on WWE. Yep. AEW should have launched with a better handling. I agree. Um, next up, the only thing I could really compare, and even though there's no comparison, Velveteen Dream defending his North American title versus the NXT legend Tyler Breeze. Great story going into it about Tyler Breeze not making it on the main roster and how he's been replaced as the flamboyant one with the most flamboyant one, Velveteen Dream. And this was versus, for me, the Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes match, which has a built-in storyline on multiple levels the shoot one the work one the work one is of course dustin being jealous of cody for being the favorite son and dustin having this great career um and then of course the the shoot one the shoot uh you know true life storyline is neither one of these were allowed their match against each other in wwe because it was deemed not worthy of the wrestlemania card Yep. Damn, was it worthy. What sucks is if they would have done this when both of these guys were in the WWE, Dusty would have been able to see this match, and Dusty would have been amazingly proud of what these guys did. Yes, their match is amazing. It's the best. There was color on Dustin, like, way too much, and a lot of people said there's too much blood. I'm like, nah, this story meant it. I don't want them to do that a lot, but this story needed it. Um, Brandy with a huge spirit of Dustin on the outside. Um, Dustin still in Cody's move. Cody still in some Dustin moves. Uh, C- Cody winning with the the crossroads and uh, the end of it. You know, Cody emotionally saying, "I need my big brother," um, and that got everyone to tear up. That was beautiful. That was great. Their their hug and reconciliation at the end really made sense because if you've ever had a brother, you know you'll fight with them and then you'll make up and that's just the way it is. You'll do that with some strangers or friends, but it happens with brothers definitely. Um, Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze was a good solid match. Yep. It wasn't Velveteen's best match. It wasn't Breeze's best match, but it was a good solid match and the story lent a lot to it. Um, and it, this is coming off of Velveteen Dream beating Matt Rill. Um, in the last takeover. So he's on a roll. I'm glad he didn't lose the title to Tyler Breeze. I really want him to, to become the best North American champion. I, th- I, th- I think the way that the match went was really good. It, it Honestly, 
probably my one of my favorite Tyler Breeze matches in the last three, three years, years, three or four years. I mean, it was it wasn't just slapstick comedy with Fandango. I'm not taking nothing nothing away those from those fun. two guys. Yeah. It was really enjoyable to watch Fandango do their thing. Yes, and I'm 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 glad to see Tyler Breeze back in the ring doing something, uh, showing his talent and be able to perform. But there's honestly no way that that this match, and I'm not taking anything well from Vel Velveteen Dream, but there's no way this match overshines the Rhodes Brothers. I, I, there were shades of the Bret Hart, Stone Cold, Steve Austin match in this match. Yes. I've just, I've never seen... You watch siblings fight, and you know, I've, you know, my brother... It lives in Oklahoma. He and I got into one really big fight, and this is the reason that I try not to lose my temper. Um, uh, and I, I love him, I do. Yeah. Uh, but we, we've been really great friends since then. When we we moved on from it, I, I, this match blew my mind. I I'm, I've watched it three times. And I remember listening to an interview with Cody, and he said his favorite match he did in WWE was at a house show on the European tour versus Dustin, and they tore it down. It's the best match of the night, and the fans were super into it. The fans were super into this. They were chanting Dusty. It was beautiful. It was great. Uh, Cody's entrance was um, unnecessary. Yeah. It was hokey. It was unnecessary. Uh, it actually failed because that, that uh, seat... Uh, throne was supposed to fall apart and like one piece fell off um, but and I thought nah, that's an unnecessary shot they took a shot at WWE earlier saying you know you're supposed to lie about your numbers and it's like yeah we know they lie about their numbers because some like th there's a fire code on some of those stadiums and they go over the fire code and it's like you want to get arrested you want to <laughs> get arrested so when the fire department shows up or the cops show up, then you're going to tell them the real number. Um, but the fact that they did the, the Triple H thing is like, well, you realize WWE doesn't care what you're doing, right? Because you really have a long way to go to build up your fan base. But whatever. Whatever. Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes was, of course, the better match for me. Yeah. Uh, go, yeah. When that DVD comes out, that's another. That's, I have three, three reasons to buy that. And this is one of them. Yeah. So, we'll move on to the main event of each pay-per-view. Adam Cole, Bay Bay, versus Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Gargano, the NXT champion. Finally the NXT champion after winning it at TakeOver on WrestleMania weekend. And here's his first defense of that NXT championship. Versus Adam Cole, one-on-one. -on -one. The last match was two out of three falls, and Adam Adam Cole had been harping on, I beat you that first fall. If this is a normal match, I would have beaten you. And Johnny was like, yeah, you beat me that first fall, but this was a two out of three match. So I beat you the next two falls in a row. And he had the Undisputed Era getting involved. This match was no Undisputed Era. It was just Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. One fall, and Adam Cole actually got the win. He got the win. After being in NXT so long, being a North American champion, um, being a part of that uh, tag team, undisputed era, kind of free bird rule stuff, like, Adam Cole got it. The the Panama City playboy, even though I have no proof that he lived in Panama City, <laughs> if he lived in Panama City in his early teen years, I went to school with him. He would have been a great under me. <laughs> and that's crazy to think. I don't know if he was living in Pittsburgh at the time or Panama City. 
Um, obviously on YouTube if you want to comment below and uh, if you want to put that in your review for this podcast like hey you idiot he lived his whole life in Pittsburgh (laughs) okay man I don't know but uh, that's crazy to think about that I went to school with Adam Cole possibly but unless it's just a name because it sounds good the Panama City Playboy Uh, it's like the antithesis of what my nickname would have been um Of course, the comparison to this match is Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. It was a really, it was a decent match. It was good. It was, it was, it was, it was good. It was a good match. Um, I know I'm not putting it over too much, but man, they had to follow a lot with an aged Chris Jericho and a, you know, normal working Kenny Omega. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it was nice to see Jericho. Yes. It was nice to see him wrestle Kenny Omega. The sequel. This was, it. honestly, I'm, I'm just going to say it. It was a Monday Night Raw match. I don't think it was main event material. I think you could have uh, ended your show with Dustin Cody. and Cody. That should have been better, but we know why it ended on this. Yes. The run-in. The, the run debut. In. Yep. Johnny Moxley. John yep. Moxley. Dean Ambrose. The lunatic fringe, whatever you want to call them. And the the fans blew the roof off of that place. Oh, yeah. It was nuts. I, I'm i happy for Dean. I really am. I'm ha- I'm glad that he's happy. Yeah. Um, there's a, a... Jericho interviewed him on his podcast. You need to listen to that interview. It's And he's done a few interviews. He did like a promo, and it's like, wow. His story has not changed. Yeah, and it's, and it's a valid angry yes. problem and we've heard anonymous sources backing it up and being really frustrated and Vince is pissed about it because now they're you know they're taking it behind the curtain and you're seeing what the wizard really does um, put Rusev and Shinsuke on screen you fucks. Yeah, give us that I want that legal. do it you cowards more villains more villains uh, the Adam Cole Johnny Gargano match beautiful th- Fits up there with one of my all-time favorite matches of the year. Oh, man. Um, the, the storytelling was amazing. Uh, these two guys beat the holy living crap out of each other. How how Johnny Gargano doesn't have a concussion, I don't know. I, man, ooh. There, there was... he When Adam Cole bounced, bounced him off the ring apron on his back, I was like, ah! Yeah. What? I was rooting for Adam Cole the whole time. I was into this match. Uh, if we had to do a review of it, I would have taken no notes. It was beautiful. It was great. I loved it. There's nothing. I mean, this ended on a high note, and I'm I'm very pleased. You know, NXT has a pay-per-view that is the perfect time limit. Honestly, I don't think when I started watching this pay-per-view, I had to get up to go to the bathroom because of a really bad match. Now, I skipped the pre-show. Usually, I watch the pre-shows. I didn't get the pre-show. Yeah, I didn't either. But I I was glued to my TV on every match. And some of them had their moments where it was like, meh, meh. But I love the way the NXT TakeOver pay-per-views, their time slot is perfectly done. Yeah, um, I uh, really, NXT, I've chose all of their matches except for the Cody Rhodes Versus 
Velveteen Dream and Tyler Breeze. And the Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze, even if they did everything perfect, had no chance of beating the Rhodes match. But yeah. everything else I could match up with them, NXT beat them in. Uh, of course, the Johnny Moxley debut, uh, counting the Kenny Omega versus Jericho, which is why I said it was a good match, because it led to a great heel promo with Jericho. And then John Moxley showing up, taking out Jericho. Of course, they have great history. This was revenge for Mitch the Plant. And um, then Kenny Omega, him taking Kenny Omega out. Jericho versus Hangman Page is is the championship match for the next pay-per-view. However, the next event, I'm not sure if it'll be a full-fledged pay-per-view or a YouTube thing or a free Bleacher Report stream, whatever it will be. Um, it's like, it's taking place in Jacksonville. It's, what, a month or something away? Yeah. Um, but yeah, NXT versus... versus um, uh, AEW. No matter what, we got good matches, entertaining matches from all, and uh, what a great week for professional wrestling. No doubt. And that we're not taking, like Spencer said in the opening of the show, we're not taking anything away from AEW. These guys have managed to do something that no other wrestling promotion has been able to do. And these guys started from scratch. And, hey, we're going to do this. And they've managed to if Vince isn't worried or concerned, he needs to be. Do I think they're going to topple WWE? No, nah. not now. They did too many things that TNA did. Exactly. It's too much too soon in some aspects. Um, but I am glad to see that there's another wrestling yeah. show. That will be national broadcast. That we will be able to see on television and not just have to see three hours yes. of a Monday night uh, spectacle that one hour of it is completely unnecessary. Yeah, if I want to choose not to watch Raw one week, or if I have that much free time, I can watch Raw. Tuesday I can watch AEW. Friday I can watch SmackDown Live. And Wednesday I can... Well, NXT is on demand anytime, so NXT and NXT UK. I can watch whenever, even though I'd put NXT on Wednesday, and I'd put NXT UK on um, on uh, Thursday. Because you get SmackDown Live and 205 Live on Friday. Yep. And I'd probably just pre-tape 205 Live and show it on Saturday. I'd, and then you've got Sunday for pay-per-views. Well, a week of WWE, man, between the network and between the TV deals, a week of WWE is great, except for Tuesday you leave for AEW. Yep. Um, that's your only break. So, of course, we th we have Superstar Showdown, or the Super Showdown, Super whatever, Superstars. I don't know what it's called, but it's in, uh, it's in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. I've really, there's two matches I'm really looking forward to because of the promos leading up to it. Taker and Goldberg. Last night on SmackDown, because we're recording this Wednesday morning, at way too early, 6 a.m., 5 a.m. Um, but uh, the when Taker and Goldberg faced off, that was glorious. I wasn't even hyped for that match. I'm like, great, two old guys, great. Um, and then they faced off on SmackDown, and... Uh, Oh my God! The the electricity in the room, lights went out. Taker was in the ring. Goldberg they faced off. Lights went out. Taker was gone, and uh, that was amazing. It was really really cool. And the promo Taker gave on Monday that got cut a little short. Thanks a lot, USA Network. Um, it, it was him uh, telling Goldberg, "You're next." I'm like, "Oh, what? That's awesome!" Um, yeah, I, I loved the build up for this match. And if you know Taker. He doesn't do anything that's gimmick infringement. It was really neat 
It was. To hear him say, you're next. And on Monday, we also got the promo between Triple H and Randy Orton. That was fun. They went a little off script. It was fun to watch them kind of take jabs that were funny. And they even, they, I mean, they they broke themselves. They both laughed. And there's such history of this match. And it'll be good just because these guys really like to work each other. I honestly, you know, watching that clip, when Randy said what he did, the look on Triple H's face at first, he, I didn't think he was going to be able to come back to anything. He he worked his way to a comeback. He like said some things that <laughs> gave him time to think about it, and then he said something great. It, it, it was you guys need to check the check the thing out. It's, it's on the WWE YouTube. It is awesome. Go awesome back stuff. to the Raw highlights, and you'll see the promo between the two. It's like four and a half minutes, I believe, and it starts off as like a real promo that you can tell is scripted, or maybe not. Maybe they just talked about it in the back because they're both so good at promos, and Triple H has been doing it well before the written stuff. Yeah. And um, they, But then when they really went off script, it was super fun. I like watching wrestlers have fun. I like them being normal. Uh, Triple H even broke down. He's like, you know what these segments are about. We're supposed to trash talk, maybe have some physicality, build up the match for the pay-per-view. We're not going to do that. Our history is here. We know what this is about. We know we're going to fight. So, yeah, it was cool. So we're looking forward to this end of a two-week period where we just get a lot of good professional wrestling, and we'll get some sports entertainment at the end of it, and possibly some wrestling, uh, which will be neat. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston might be really good. It has the opportunity to. Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins with the Brock Lesnar cash-in looming in the background. I hope he doesn't cash in in Saudi Arabia. I would love for him to hold on to this title. So you're thinking every night that one of these two men, Kofi or Seth Russell, you're like, oh, God, he could cash in. And it's Brock Lesnar, so he'll win. Oh, God, he could cash in. Oh, God, he could cash in. No! And then when one of your favorite wrestlers wins the championship from one of them, you're like, oh, please don't cash in. I really want to watch him with a run. Please don't cash in. God dang it, Rusev finally won it. You're going to cash it in. Like, I like that anticipation. I'm sorry. I just have a lot of fear of him cashing in. Cashing in against Seth, I'm cool with. Please don't cash in against Kofi. Yeah. There's a lot of sc- It's scary him being the monster in the bank or the, the beast in the bank, whatever you want to call him. But... We're looking forward to that, and that'll be the end of our good two-week stretch for really entertaining wrestling slash sports entertainment. And Cody Rhodes actually calls himself a sports entertainer, not a professional wrestler. So you've got a mix of both. Um, but that's also the end of this podcast. We'll be back next week. It'll be busy for me because it'll be E3 for my gaming podcast, and it'll be um, a lot of review stuff for the WWE and looking forward to stomping ground. Of course, this is one of those in-between pay-per-views, so it doesn't really hype much of their stories, and so many guys aren't going because it's Saudi. But this is the end of the podcast. I've been Spencer. I've been Glenn. And uh, check us out on YouTube.com slash Take the Studios. I really didn't mean to do an Apple thing there. I'm really sorry. My <laughs> name is Spencer. His name is Glenn. Um, and, uh, you know, you can find us on all pack- podcast platforms. YouTube.com slash Take the Studios is where you find all of our podcasts uploaded every week with just a stagnant image on our wrestling one and gameplay on our um, gaming one. Uh, you can also share us. Please share us. That's how we grow. Uh, comment on our podcast or YouTube. Rate us. Uh, like us. Subscribe to us. But again, the most important thing is to share us so that we can grow further. And I really have this segment I want to do, which is indie wrestling um, interviews, IWI. And I really want to branch out on that when my friends is a professional, uh, a um, indie wrestler. And and but I, I need like 
we need subscribers to really get that off the ground. I'm not going to do ads or anything, but we really need subscribers so that we can uh, justify travel for uh, the indie wrestling interview. So if you share this and you like indie wrestling, please, um, sh well, if you like us and you like indie wrestling and you want to hear some of that, please share, please share. Um, but we'll see you next week after all this craziness. Enjoy professional wrestling. We'll see you next week.